Welcome back to the Unmasked Podcast. My name is Stuart. Uh, our guest is giggling across the table. I don't think he maybe had listened to an episode, so I didn't, wasn't aware that there was a bit of Stan Bush to start, but we'll get to that. Can I, can I make a, a sort of prediction? Was that Jason that picked that song? It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit 80s glam rock. You've got it in one. You've got it in absolute one. It's um, been our great debate this whole podcast journey, is that I'm like, why? But... It's, it's good. It, it works. It works. It, it, we've actually gone through a whole series of um, different Stan Bush songs. That was the OG. I'm not sure if you're aware of what movie that was from. No, not at all. No, no, no one else but Jason. Oh, I can't actually remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it was like, was it Karate Kid or something? Oh, probably. Anyway, uh, once again, welcome back to the Unmasked Podcast. My name is Stuart. Uh, this is your weekly, not weekly, well, Yearly. podcast for daily well-being. But uh, it's great to be here again. We haven't been recording for a while, but it's great to be here with Elisa. Hi, Stewie. How are you? I'm feeling nostalgic. Good. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm Just feeling... for memories that have gone past yes. because we haven't recorded for about yes, three months. exactly right. Essentially. It's good no, to be back. No Jason today, which is why their uh, 80s knowledge or 90s knowledge or whatever is lacking. But... In his stead, we have a very special guest. Now, you've heard his voice and you've been seduced by it already because <laughs> it is sultry. It is like chocolate milk. Um, oh, someone is trying to call me and I will put that phone away now. Uh, professional, but professional. Professional. We'll, just, we'll power on. Across the way from me is uh, Mr. Craig McGlone. Welcome, Craig. How are you? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm doing well. Thank you, Stewie. And good to see you too, Lisa. Now, Love it. Am I pronouncing McGlone right? You are. Yeah, well great. Done. Well Sweet. Done. I don't like, yeah. You know how sometimes so. it's like, you know. Oh, that's my last name. I don't you know. pronounce myself. it any way you like. Wow. Thank you, Craig McGloney. Um, McGloney. Pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, Craig is not just a special guest, not just. Well, he's a special guest. Here I we suppose. go. Crows, drop uh, it. Go uh, on. Well, sure. I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, we are, he's a Crow supporter. Definitely. Um, Lifelong Crow supporter? Oh, look, uh, since they came into the AFL, which is pretty so much lifelong, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Matthew yeah. Liptak, 1991. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Dr. Liptak. Yeah, Dr. I Liptak. know. Isn't Love. he a good-looking bloke? He's a good-looking bloke. I played, I played a game against him once. Did you? Yeah, fun yeah. See, yeah. Craig's gone through the roof. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think yeah. he cleaned me up. And I played against Brett James as well, another Crows player. Andrew McLeod came to our school to visit when I was in year 11. There you go. So any, any little interesting Crows facts for you, Craig? Or? Oh, no, I'd be struggling with that. I str- but I did like them in the 90s when they first started. Good. And I do remember watching the first game against Hawthorne. What a rush that oh, was mate. back in 1991. <laughs> I was in year 12 at the time. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, very, very good for South Australian football. Mm. Absolutely. Big win mm. against the reigning premiers, I believe. No, yeah. is that the reigning yeah. They were? Could have been. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, going I'm going with you. On <laughs> Sounds good. This Sounds isn't my good. former podcast, which <laughs> no, is a Crows one. Anyway, we do tend to go there. Often. Uh, I do tend to go there. Um, now, we've invited Craig in because uh, Craig is a wealth of knowledge. Craig is a teacher here at uh, Temple Christian College. Um, no pressure. What, what, what are you the teacher of here? Oh, I teach a bit of maths. Yep. I love my maths and a bit of science as well. So yep. maths, science and a little bit of diverse learning as well. There brilliant. you go. Just a man of many talents. You're so, so brilliant in that space as well. Love that the kids have got you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, mm. a privilege to do that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And a great school to be at. For Aww. sure, for sure. Now, um, I guess the reason that we've asked Craig in is because Craig has only just returned to teaching uh, this year. Um, was it 
trained teacher before, has had a bit of a journey. And so I would love, Craig, if you could sort of tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah. And we're going to talk a bit, a little bit about, um, I guess, what your definition of well-being is, mm. how you see that in a lot of the world, in a lot of, um, in a lot of church and schools and all this kind of stuff. And we're just going to open up this discussion, see where it goes, less Stan Bush, less Crows, more yeah. well-being. Craig, tell us about yourself yeah, and where you've come from. No, thanks, Dewey. So uh, myself, trained teacher, as you alluded to, so maths and science uh, all the way. Uh, graduated at age 21, taught at King's Baptist there for about uh, nine years or so, with a year off uh, in between to go and teach uh, in England, as you do as a young Aussie teacher. So I loved that. Uh, and at the end of my time, really felt a call to go into ministry. Mm. Uh, I was studying at Tabor, uh, doing sure. a... Uh, ended up with a Master of Arts in Christian Studies and ended up planting a campus of Journey Uniting Church in Elizabeth Downs. So we moved wow. uh, to Elizabeth, uh, lived there for about six years, planted a uh, congregation, which was fantastic. Awesome. A uh, great experience, really reaching out to uh, a lot of people doing it tough. Mm. Um, you know, if you turned up to my church on a Sunday, you would have seen uh, 10 or so people out the front having a, a cheeky cigarette sure. before be. the service. And yeah. uh, if your church doesn't have 10 people smoking out the yeah. front, are you really doing church? And that's just the worship team. So <laughs> That's just Craig uh, and his family. No? Yeah, well, there you go. I won't name names. But <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, um, you know, one of the things that excited me about our church was not getting invited to a local church network meeting and uh, somebody asked oh where's uh, where's the journey and they said well they're not a real church they're a soup kitchen so I oh, thought that was, wow. uh, How I dare thought that was fantastic the homeless. that's an awful thing to do no that was brilliant so I <laughs> thought well at least we're kind of getting known for uh, doing stuff and yeah, yeah. That's community so, cool. so that was there for about six years and then that amalgamated with another couple of uh, churches and became Playford Uniting Church which is still going today which is still good is. Um, Peter Riggs Peter Riggs is a great bloke and uh, Henry Rouse uh, and the team out there doing a wonderful job. So uh, then I went to Indonesia for uh, six years, as you do. There you go. five years, actually, I should say, and was teaching over there, biblical studies, uh, running their chapels and all sorts of different things and uh, uh, involved in church mission. And then uh, uh, back to Australia to work at uh, the West Care Centre for the last six Mm. years. Yeah, well. Uh, And we've worked closely with Temple, which was uh, a privilege because I got to know the... Kids coming in and the teachers, which was brilliant. Uh, so working with people experiencing homelessness at Westcare. Um, and I did a contract uh, for Temple a couple of years ago. I loved it, loved the school. And so when it came time for the next step, uh, uh, going back into teaching, was really keen to reconnect with this community because I think it's yeah, just a, an amazing community and uh, love the values, love the faith aspect. Um, and here I am. Here you are. Talking to you guys we feel like on the a podcast. One. You just don't know these. Yeah, we feel like the honoured ones to have someone who has served the community so beautifully. And um, you've taught us so much and so many kids along the journey that yeah, we feel like the honoured ones to have you in Absolutely. our community. Oh, yeah, very kind. No, Absolutely. we really mean it. No, very mm. kind. I think we learn from each other. Absolutely. And, uh, that's brilliant. So what was mm. so I'd love to just go back a little bit. Sure. Indonesia. Mm. Can you give us a bit of what, what happened there? What, what was the reason yeah. for moving there? Was yeah. it... Uh, by yourself, with family? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Trip so to Mary, Bali? Yeah, sure. A bit of Bali going on there every <laughs> yeah. now and then. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you've got to do it. So uh, so we were in Jakarta, the durian of Southeast Asia, okay. if you're familiar with the uh, stinky fruit. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, try it out. Uh, but I love Jakarta. Is it nice? Uh, As in durian? The, the durian. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't smell amazing. Mm. Um, but what does it smell like? Mind. 
would you liken oh, it to? Oh, gee, I reckon uh, my gym socks, uh, <laughs> if you leave them for about three years mm-hmm. in a bag in a very, very moist, warm room mm. and then attempt to eat them, that's uh. probably a bit like a durian, right. I'd say. okay. So like Jason's general yeah, socks. So Jason General. Jason General, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, we'll start calling him Durian. Let's go. That's, that's, not a bad that's, shout. Sta- that's actually sticking. I'm writing yeah. it down. Yep. Yeah. Durian. So, yeah, no, so my wife Cherie um, is a teacher as well, but at the time uh, we had uh, two year old Aussie who's now 13. So we went over there and uh, he started his school life over there and. Uh, I was teaching in a school. We had uh, it was a it was a basically a, a Christian network of schools. Very clever businessman who used to charge a lot of money for the school that I was teaching in, and then take about ten percent and uh, plant all of these grassroots schools throughout Indonesia. Wow. So, part of our mission was to you know visit those schools as well with the kids and um, help them to understand that grassroots kind of mission. And Amazing. education is something which is very transformative. Yeah. Um, so, and that's part of what's led me back into education because I've just seen in community and society how transformative good education is mm. uh, at all levels and, and all sort of, uh, sure. you know, areas of society. So that was Indonesia. Amazing. An amazing experience. Yeah, uh, no one doubt. Of, one of the other things we did just uh, through the church was I was at a church that was an expat church and there was no pastors there, which, uh, no, no paid pastors, I should say. There was plenty of people that were exercising pastoral gifts but uh, we gave away now i might need to fact check this but it was something in the region of 80 percent of the offering was given away wow. to missions um a amazing. lot of people come into faith in, in indonesia which is great as well. amazing so, stuff there you go that's so, awesome exciting times mm. what a time what a, i mean an amazing story I've, i um i love hearing story like people that i've only really met relatively recently mm. maybe last mm. year i met you yeah. um and now i mean Despite the fact that we've been going to church for yeah, uh, like, yeah. I just see you up on the stage doing your glam rock. <laughs> just, yeah, that's right. Just just when Stan Bush is coming up and uh, we're just all and eyeliner. Yeah, on. that's yeah. right. Got a lot of that going on. Um, but feel a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a connection because you're working at Westcare, obviously working yeah, yeah. with people experiencing homelessness. That's mm-hmm. my experience, um, my previous role as well. Um, and throughout all these experiences, working in Elizabeth Downs. A place that I've also worked in before. Mm. Um, I'm very aware of the immense poverty down there, um, mm. uh, you know, relative to South Australia. But um, you know, it's a pretty downtrodden place um, financially, I suppose. Yeah, Indonesia and the stuff you've done with Westcare, you've obviously gained a, a really great understanding. Um, and now coming into a place like Temple, which is you know a pretty middle class kind of um, environment, Christian environment, a wonderful school. Um, I'll be really interested to hear about your perspectives of. What well-being means? How you can fr- how you framed well-being in your existence, being uh, in, in 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 within that full gamut and array of um, mm. you know of people and where they're at in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had to step back philosophically and give a framework that I think works through uh, all communities. Uh, I probably uh, take some inspiration from the book. Uh, when Helping Hurts. Okay. Many of us have read that and uh, you can Google that. I can't recall the authors right off the top of my head. Sure. But it uh, talks about uh, four main relationships. A relationship with God, relationship with yourself, a relationship with others and relationship with uh, the rest of creation or the environment. And, uh, you know, at the fall, uh, those uh, relationships were broken. Yeah. And now through Christ, there's a restoration happening of all things. Uh, leading to one day when we're going to experience that shalom 
or that well-being. So mm. I would... Uh, is that just a, a poster that people place, you know, put, have around Shalom? Does it mean anything yeah, or, yeah. you know... Sh- shalom, You're going to have to explain that to us a little well, bit. Well, I mean, I think we translate it peace, but of course it's a lot more than inner peace. It's mm. uh, it's an overarching kind of whole of creation thing. Right. So that's why I think the relationship framework is so important because uh, rather than just making it our relationship with God and then we have peace... Uh, we have to recognise that that flows on to mm. how we see ourselves, our relationship with ourself mm. and our well-being there. Um, and then our relationship with uh, others, of course, being crucial, being created in the image of the triune God. And we're never really fully in God's image unless we're kind of having those relationships yeah. and those healthy relationships Absolutely. so important for our well-being. Uh, but then also um, our relationships with the environment. Um, you know, things like climate change are going to be the biggest disasters, mm. Mm. I believe, uh, to hit uh, humans uh, and uh, you know you look at climate change poverty to pick up on some of the themes that you're alluding to mm. it's going to be massive in the next uh, 50 years already you know islands like Tuvulu in uh, the Pacific uh, uh, Pacific region are you know experiencing problems due to climate uh, change and uh, you know throughout Africa and Asia as well there's uh, a lot of people doing it tough I think that's going to intensify and that's I think the result of a broken relationship mm-hmm. that wow. we have with the environment, and I think uh, you know that's part of our overall well-being and connectedness. So my well-being is connected to yes, the people in Elizabeth Downs, yes, the people in Indonesia, but uh, and the people at Temple as well. So uh, I think we're all connected. I think when wow. we sort of uh, pull ourselves out of things and talk about the, uh, my individual relationship with God, yes, that's true and that's important, uh, and then we need to go that next step and say, but that that doesn't preclude my connectedness yeah. and my well-being being connected to all of these other relationships. Yes, definitely, number one, relationship with God. Yes, importantly, my identity in myself and how I see myself in Christ, but also my relationship with others and the environment. That's, a, that's an incredible mm. thing. And, and what you've done in the last two minutes or three minutes is you've kind of like encapsulated how many episodes have we done? 15, 16, something like that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have no idea. whatever, whatever it is. Listen, <laughs> I've, I've listened to all of them and just summarized them. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly yeah, pretty right. much. That's it's good, like I've good. put those episodes into ChatGPT and I've like summarized these episodes. And um, she's quite partial to chat. Oh, seriously, like a bit of ChatGPT. It plays around. Yeah, I play around. It's it's good for someone who can't write well. Or speak well, particularly well, either. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's a great, uh, it's a great. It's tool a great to tool to use. It is a great tool. Uh, anyway, but what you've done is you've summarised. We talk so much about um, looking after ourselves, our relationships mm-hmm. with ourselves. We talk so much about um, relationships with others. That's and, and in terms of like our framework for well-being, um, and we've even talked about. Uh, we had a, um, a doctor of climate scientist science here. Yeah, right. um, um, which you would have heard because you've heard all the episodes, obviously, well, Craig. look, I mean, <laughs> time is fluid, so, so I will listen yeah. to it. Yeah, that's right. right. So and by the time that everyone listens sort of to this, you would have listened to it. I will have listened. So if yeah. you're hearing my voice, I have watched it. <laughs> listen to it. That's right. Yeah, as long as there are no follow-up questions, he has yeah, listened right. to it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. And, um, and she spoke about, so uh, Dr. Jessica Mormon, who is my sister-in-law, but she is, uh, she's also a pastor of a church as well, um, but talking about how um, our relationship with the environment is, mm. is so much part of our well-being and is so, um, means uh, it, 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 it uh, encapsulates that in connection with God as well. Like it's yeah, all kind of 100%. one big thing. Well, God's creation is good, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, picking up on that, I think, and growing up uh, in the quintessential kind of evangelical kind of space, 
there's so much to love about the evangelical church, but probably a bit of a trick that we have missed is to dualize things a little bit and to uh, kind of to say, explain oh, that to us. Well, Craig. you know, saying that the spiritual and the physical is is so much so separated that the spiritual is most important, and you know, we might get to the environment, but that's a that's a lesser of lesser importance, sort of Gnosticism, if you like. So, I think um, also our uh, can I use big words? Uh, oh, look, you do you can. know what that means? Nostr- big words. Nostracism. Nostracism. Oh, Nostricism. I know what it is. Do, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Nostrils. I've got no idea. You guys had the. Uh, you guys had a podcast about Gnosticism. Didn't yeah, you? we did. Yes. Um, and by the time that you've listened to this, I would you record it. Record, recorded it. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, uh, this belief that matter is is bad and spiritual is good, or sort of a okay. hybrid. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. I think the Bible and Jewish thought, in particular, is much more holistic. Mm. Uh, so we kind of adopted that Greek philosophical way of thinking a little bit in the church and kind of we, we like to prioritise the spiritual and sort of say, oh, well, the, it doesn't really matter how I look after my body or it doesn't really mm. matter how, you know, if I recycle because, uh, and to use another big word, because, you know, in terms of our eschatology, we're going to float away one day away yeah, from the yeah, earth sure. to the new, mm. new heaven out there somewhere, whereas I think... Uh, certainly, the way I read the Bible is the the new heavens and the new earth is going to be a restoration, a recreation of this current earth. And so, how we mm. treat this current earth says a lot about uh, our worship of God and our, mm. you know, it's connected again with our well being. So, mm. so the theology there, yeah, that's fantastic. Very deep. I don't so, know. so this shalom, this inner peace, is this and and this these four pillars kind of encapsulate yeah. that. They give the framework for that shalom. Is that am I? Yeah, so interpreting what you're saying correctly. Yeah, so so I would say that um, you know the line lying down with the lamb, and uh, you know the the new heavens and the new earth. I guess in Revelation mm. that we're heading towards um, is that that ultimate shalom, which is being brought about by Jesus. You know, when Jesus appeared to the disciples, he said, "You know, my shalom be with you." He's mm. bringing in that. He's ushering in that kind of well-being, that shalom, and so. You know, you talked about inner peace, but it's also much more than that. It's a societal peace. It's creational peace. Yeah. It's, it's everything at peace with everything else. Awesome. perfect relationships restored, I guess. So what I'd love to ask yeah. about that is that, so this is obviously a podcast which is um, for students and for parents yeah. who are looking towards uh, their own well-being and what it means to, to yeah. live every day with the stresses, with everything that's going on. How does this apply to us yeah. in an everyday world? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, that we're out of time now. So. <laughs> We've been the sorry. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the, that's the hard question, isn't yeah. it? So, um, you know, obviously, it's really helpful to have a framework potentially, yep. um, and then it's how do you how do you apply it? But uh, look, I'd say the first thing is to understand the importance and the invitation that God gives us to step into that peace and to mm-hmm. have confidence that um, He does the work. And we can uh, rest in him. That's mm. the, the grace aspect. And then, you know, the practical side of things, how we live that out is going to be very different depending on what particular situation sure. that we're in. But, you know, relationship with ourselves, for example, um, is all of those things just from my, you know, asking, I think, the Holy Spirit to remind us that, you know, we're forgiven, mm. uh, that we're um at peace with God, that we're at peace with each other, and then we just need to live that out. So yeah. if you read 2 Peter 1, for example, it says a list of virtues in there. You can go and, go and read it. Um, it's like a list of kind of you know living life well. Mm. And it says um, the person who doesn't live this way, you know, at peace with each other and kind of kind to each other, has forgotten that their sins have been forgiven. Yeah, right. And so I think... 
that's a practical thing that um, a Christian student can remind themselves is, hey, I make mistakes, I'm, I'm human, but my sins are forgiven. Yeah. And so I've got a fresh start every day. So even just reminding living in that culture of grace is a well-being place to live because if we're living by our own performance and our own merit, some days we'll feel like we measure up, other days we're going to go yeah. too mm, many days so to count. Mm. You know? Well, I'm no good because yeah. you know I, I didn't. I failed my maths test. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, of course, if you're failing your maths test, maybe you didn't do your home. No, no. Not <laughs> well, going sure. Not. No, I wouldn't that. Wearing all your hats at the moment. No, I'm not going to wear the teacher's hat. So, you know, there's grace there. You're yeah, not, that's You're not right. dependent on how much you score in your maths test. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're dependent on God's uh, love and forgiveness yeah. and, you know, being righteous in him. So, you know, that's one thing. And then, you know, just uh, being relaxed. And I think that helps, uh, that shalom helps in relationship with others because, you know, whilst you can have a bit of banter like we're having and, you know, we don't feel like we have to perform or big note ourselves. We can mm. be who we're created to be. And, uh, you know, one way of saying it is become who we already are. So, mm. you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. Remind yourself of that. And That's then cool. this is a journey in God's uh, strength and the Holy Spirit's strength to become who you already are. Yeah. Um, and so relaxing, I think, helps with relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you one practical tip. You know? Yeah, no, that's really good. Um and something and and something that is very evident in the way that you uh, carry yourself, I suppose, uh, in a day to day. Just being around the school, you're a very relaxed person. Someone that is very, uh, but it's people are very drawn to that in a mm. in a um, really positive way. One thing I'd like to ask is that with the experience of the things that you've done in your, um, mm. uh, I think I've had this conversation before, but um, that that concept of sort of walking alongside people as you're mm. journeying these things, yeah, um, and. You know, people listening to this, uh, they may or may not be a Christian, but um, you may be a Christian and you may be walking alongside, I suppose, those who are, um, that, you know, struggling with their faith or, or mm. really haven't asked questions of faith before or don't have a relationship with God. Um, how do you, uh, I don't know, like how do you present yourself? How do you address those things? How do you walk along? What are, what are some of the things that we can do as, um, as people who not only care about our own well-being but care about others and want to do everything we can to support others in their, uh, in their walk with Christ and their well-being as well? What are some of the things that you've found uh, that are effective in that? Yeah, that's a big question. So I think um, you've got to be in it for the long haul. There's no uh, quick fixes. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes down to that relationship and that probably that uh, quantity time, being prepared to uh, spend quantity time right. and have presence with people in terms of walking alongside people. I think one of the things uh, that we can do is look for people's strengths and really affirm those God-given mm -hmm. strengths mm -hmm. that we all have, whether someone would... Uh, you know, ha has put their faith in Jesus yet or not? I mm. think uh, you know we're all created in the image of God, and we all are created with natural gifts. And uh, so, you know, one of the common things that we did with uh, people experiencing homelessness uh, <laughs> is to—they're um, laughing because I was sorry, we weren't laughing at I was the pretending, homeless. <laughs> pretending to hit the desk that's a, there. That's a good clarification. Sorry, that <laughs> sorry, that was my bad. No, I, no, no. I was stroking the desk and then <laughs> Stuart had told me not to hit the desk and so I pretended to do it. But that. one of the things that we did was it was really easy to, with people to take a deficit mindset yeah. and that was particularly evident in my context most recently with people experiencing homelessness. So rather than go in and look at all the needs which are evident and that is important, we tried to do some asset mapping and go in and say, well, what are you good at? What are your strengths? What are your passions? What's your story? and really uh, create space and an opportunity for people to try those things and to you know explore their passions and 
really look at that kind of um, almost a pre, you know solution focused thinking mm. uh, was one thing. So really affirming uh, where people are at, what God's you know what their journey that they've been on, whether they've acknowledging Christ or not in that, yeah. I think is important. And the other thing is in terms of sharing faith, I think any interaction I would try, and then this is hard in the classroom, of yep. course, but I would try to. Um, make it as mutual as possible and recognising that it's going to be two-way learning. So if I'm talking to someone who is not a Christian, I would try not to take a superior kind of mindset in terms of I've got the truth and I'm going to present that to you, rather a a posture of curiosity where I'm trying to learn from them, Mm. what can God teach me through them. And at some stage maybe I've got the opportunity to say, well, you know, this is what has worked in my life. This is what I find this is why I think Jesus is true and he could be true for you too. And, of course, they can choose to adopt that or, or mm. not adopt that. Yeah. Um, you know, I might adopt some things from, from them. If they're great at cooking a nice uh, lemon chicken stir-fry and some great spring rolls, I'm going to adopt it, you know, bring it on. Just to be clear, anyone who's willing to adopt me a uh, <laughs> lemon chicken stir-fry... He did just finish a bar me about 10 minutes ago. I did, I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, that, that mutual learning. The, the asset base is such a... It's a, it's a uh, incredible insight and uh, and amazing uh, point of view, I suppose, to take when when working in any well any relationships really. It's like it's it's not just those um, you know when you're working with people experiencing homelessness or anything like mm. that. But I think it's an incredible uh, um, posture to to be with anyone because what it does is that in that ministry with that person, it it, it of you are helping that connection with others, but you're also, I guess helping with their connection with themselves. Yeah. And, and I mean, my experience with people who are experiencing homelessness, so often their, their um, uh, self-esteem and their thoughts on themselves were just absolutely rock bottom. Like they mm. were just um, bottom of the barrel, kind of like really hated themselves, had a lot of self-loathing, all that kind of stuff for the circumstance. Not in every case, but... Um, and to actually, you know, like... Uh, Take that time to um, get to know the person in a real way, and not for to to get anything out of them, but to actually try and understand what makes this person tick. What are the strengths within this within these people? Um, so often, I think that the church exists in a way that you need to be living up to a model that we are presenting to you, and we are presenting this way of living. Whereas there is so much mutual learning that can, that mm-hmm. should be happening between everyone from different points of view, right? Yeah. And different life experiences. And when we do that, when we walk alongside um, from an asset, uh, what was the word? You, asset base or what was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so asset-based community development approach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When we do that, like, that's, gonna, that's not only going to help us in terms of our relationship, that's yeah. going to help the person, but it's also going to help the wider church community and, mm. the, and yeah. community in general. Like community yeah. is going to be so enriched by what people have to bring to it and um, if we're able to... Yeah encourage that out and help to yeah. build on that mm. that's going well, yeah, to build community and if well, we're doing church right then the community should be being enriched that's, that's right yeah. yeah of course yeah yeah, that's yeah. It. so so yeah it dignifies the person and mm. you know i think uh, that approach um you know which is a, a yeah the community development approach works across a multitude of different uh, communities so whether it is the church you know the priesthood mm. um, and and I, I feel like all of these things can be found in the bible you know the mm. new testament the priesthood of all believers that god's given you know or one corinthians or two corinthians 12 or one corinthians 12 uh, where it talks about the body you know mm. all the different parts of the body coming together with all strengths uh god-given natural gifts supernatural gifts and 
you know, it really dignifies the person. And, and, you know, people experiencing homelessness, to go back to that context, you know, such resilience, such mm. uh, an ability to survive. So, yeah. so many interesting things that can be shared. And, uh, you know, often that hasn't been, of course, they're experiencing homelessness for a period that hasn't been their whole story. So yeah. they've got lives and passions and skills. You know, one group that we ran was, uh, or I ran, was a... Uh, group that fixed bicycles and so we'd get these bikes in that uh, uh, needed to be fixed mm. and uh, if somebody fixed a bike they could keep a bike and I'm the world's worst mechanic so it worked really well so <laughs> well, I, I used my assets of organizing and you know a little bit of promotion and a little bit of uh, you know gathering people together mm. but then you know you'd have people experiencing homelessness or really doing it tough coming along teaching me how to fix the bicycle so yeah, there's yeah. a real mutuality there so I've done a little bit of bringing my strengths, they bring their strengths and they walk away with dignity. You mm. Know? Mm. One morning this guy turned up to the group and he thought I was the bike expert. He had his <laughs> a bike and he needed to get it fixed. Yeah, You know, I'm the world's worst mechanic. Yeah, So he goes, who's the expert here? And I thought I'd be a bit cheeky. And I said, you are. And he unleashed this verbal tirade. You know, what do you think you're doing? You're running a group and you can't even fix a bike and so on and so forth. In the meantime, someone from the community came alongside him and said, what's wrong with your bike, mate? And... Uh, oh, the gears are uh, all kind of stuffed and all this sort of gear. And so that person from the community helped this other guy fix Amazing. his bike. Wow. Uh, and that's what it was all about. It was, mm. you know, this understanding that the gifts are in the community, the God-given gifts are mm. already in the community. Yep. I think it really transfers into classroom and individual well-being mm. in the classroom and yeah. classroom well-being as well. That, you know, the teacher is not the expert. The teacher is the facilitator. Um, you've got kids in your class that are going to be more gifted or I've got kids in my class, I'll personalise it, are going to be more gifted than me at certain things. Mm. Mm. I'm going to facilitate that learning. I want to draw that out. I don't want it to be the expert model of, hey, I've got the magic, open up your mind, I'm going to mm. dump it in there yeah, if yeah. you're lucky. Uh, you know, to just, you know, what, what's God gifted you in? And Amazing. how can yeah. we work together? And, you know, I think that dignifies people as well and sort of, you know, is good for our well-being individually and yeah. corporately. So. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think it's a responsibility that falls... To every Christian, like I think we can easily look at your huge compassion gift, and even Jace and Stewie is are that we're we're bent that way a little bit. In that uh, Jace will hang out with homeless, eat dinner together instead of just giving him a meal and walking off. Like converse, learn. There's so much to learn. You're right from each other, especially people who have lived a life that I haven't. Like I've got so much to learn from someone who doesn't have a home, and and you're right, fighting for survival. Do you feel like that's something that falls to every Christian? to do instead of just the ones who have say like people can say you've got a compassion gift from my understanding of scripture yeah. every christian is called to the great commission to go out and yeah. to be as jesus is and was yeah, yeah look I, I i would uh definitely say that i think that god's heart for the poor you know we see it in luke 4 where you know jesus said the spirit of quoting i think isaiah 61 the spirit of the lord is upon me he mm. has anointed me to preach good news to the poor i think yeah, you know, God loves everyone, and yet somehow—and this annoys people sometimes—but uh, I don't think it means He loves people who aren't poor any less. But I think there is something in the movement of the gospel mm. which I want to say prioritizes the poor, not in a way that leaves anyone else behind, but sure. invites us. Yeah, into absolutely, mm. invites us in to find our purpose yeah. in terms of dying to self in which we gain so much more mm. yeah. in terms of that movement towards the poor. And so I think the church is at its best when it's doing integral mission, mm. proclaiming the gospel in words and deeds. Yep. 
and it's two sides of the one coin. I mean, Jesus was the word, right? So, That's right. You know, everything he did was kind of congruent with everything he said and there was a, a proclamation happening through his miracles, his practical acts of compassion, if you like. And so, yeah, I think the church is at its best when it's saying, look, who, who are the least of these? Mm. You know, we read in Matthew 25 that, uh, you know, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me. So yeah. who are those without a voice? You know, That's giving right. a voice to the voiceless and... Um, yeah, and I think I think in terms of evangelism, if you want to evangelize a rich person, uh, then I think move towards the poor and invite that rich person into that movement. Yeah, wow, hundred percent. And I think you know that there's some legitimacy, there's some integrity there that the rich person goes, oh, you know what? There's something beating in my heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm about you know somewhere maybe deep buried way down inside sure. that, and these guys are doing it i might go and find out what's going on and yeah amazing why are you guys doing this i've got this beat in my heart about it well you know and that's we're doing it because jesus we're following jesus yeah I think. amazing so that that would be my approach to it mm. yeah um I love that. yeah that's yeah. amazing um you recently had a little uh soiree in Kuala Lumpur? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, do you want to tell um, a little bit about the reason you went yeah, and yeah. a little bit about your experience there as well? I, I heard yeah. of this early this week, but uh, I was yeah. really fascinated by it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as teachers teachers do and, and you guys do as well, we're lifelong learners. So um, I'm doing some study in transformational development, which is a, a mix of local and international development. So uh, that's through Eastern College in Melbourne. And so we had an intensive in KL, Kuala Lumpur. Nice. Great city. Uh, yeah. And um, we're over there just visiting some projects and interacting with the Asian students. We found ourselves at a, uh, at a school for uh, refugees, which uh, is really, really important. This uh, Christian group running this school, uh, refugees in countries like Malaysia and Indonesia, mm. uh, really have no rights and certainly not the right to education. And so you've got a, a lot of fantastic groups, NGOs, Christian NGOs in particular going in and... Uh, uh, well, not going in, the local guys running these schools. So this school was for a, a thousand refugees, which was wow. amazing. Um, and just seeing those kids, talking to some of the kids and their face light, lighting up and, yeah. you know, they're really grateful to have education, which, as we said earlier, is so transformative. So, yeah, yeah I think long-term that's something that's, you know, beating in my heart is how can we, um, you know, in Australia really support the poorest of the poor and mm. and uh, those created in the image of God really to have an education and uh, yeah. amazing stuff. Well, Craig, you've you've lived an incredible life um, up to this point, and just not to say that it's ending anytime soon. Sorry, <laughs> well, I hope not. You're very kind. And look, I've got I've got an announcement for you. No, no, no. Um, I, I really appreciate the wisdom and the the heart that you've shared with us um, on this time, and thanks for, hopefully, thanks for having me. hopefully helped some people to mm. sort of get a, a, a better understanding about what that shalom is and that well being. Um, the fact, you know, the relationship with God, obviously, mm. with ourselves, was just super important. With others, and also with the environment that we are yeah. using, all those four elements, and that 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 is yeah. crucial in um, yeah. forming us as real. Yeah people and, and yeah i would just piece. say yeah just and everyone finding their purpose in that and how you fit in that meaning yeah. because mm. you know god invites us into that uh, restoration of all things and i think that's a massive part of our well-being mm. is finding that purpose yeah, yeah. amazing one last question are you oh, bringing the mullet back 
Look, I, I haven't it, seen the mullet. I have, I oh, we'll put a pic up on the Instagram. My wife is not a huge fan of the mullet. <laughs> I said to her two years ago, mullet or moustache. She chose mullet. Well. Um, and it did get pretty nasty by last <laughs> Christmas, at which point I shaved it off. But what do you think? Is the mullet coming back? Oh, she's sorry, there. I've as, that's all right. That's there. It's not bad. As Look, it's as the, um, yeah. the old El Paso ad goes, why not both? Why not both? <laughs> yeah, why not the mullet and the moustache? Well, like, let's I, think, really I think Sheree wanted neither, my wife. Well, uh, and so I wanted at least one. For your relationship with yourself. I wanted to be empowered. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be empowered to choose one. Jason would say yes. Yeah. He'll, he'll join yeah, you. Jace. Yes to both. No, yeah. awesome. Thanks so much, Craig. It's been a wonderful to share this time with you. Um, Lisa, once again. Nice and, to be uh, here, hopefully Sheree. We Thanks, Craig. Thank record you, again. Thank yes, you. sounds good. See you guys. See you. See ya.